Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 16th of August 2021. This is going to be a hurried affair because we have a long market chat with the boys in the team. And I've got to say, if ever there was a moment to compare working at home in this COVID environment as a part of a team where you're on your own and you kind of have the odd Zoom meeting versus being in an office with a load of guys with a market that suddenly kicks off and lights up and goes crazy. And you have a really, really exhilarating 30 minutes of trading on the screen and farmers phoning up and sending messages out to make sure people people are aware of the fact the market closes and you go, sit down open a couple of beers up and just have a chat amongst the team of guys together there is a major benefit in having a trading team working in the same room I swear it's healthy it's good for you it's funny people under pressure do silly things and other people make them feel good about it by teasing them mercilessly so it was such good fun and anyway our recording hopefully our untamed wit will be edited a little bit and it will be uh, palatable to all tastes anyway with that precursor the market has gone up a lot. The USDA report came out with figures which we discuss in our chat. So prices, oilseed rate 450 harvest, delivered store, fantastic, sell it, don't sell it, don't care, good price. Feed barley, gone up as well. I mean spot, there's people short for boats and paying up. And people who aren't short don't have to pay up. They don't really need it. And the consumers aren't necessarily paying a premium for it. So if someone has got to fill a boat and the boat is sitting there, they will pay more money. I would value feed barley somewhere around about 152, 53. But I understand X Farm is being bid in some places as high as 156. If you need to move it and it's a harvest movement contract or you need the space, that's a great price. Come on. If not, the feed barley price will go up as the season goes on. It's too big a discount to wheat. So you could be well in excess of 100. 60 for November movement onwards. So looking at malting barley, well, that one in its own right has major opportunities. The quality of the product is superb. The size of the spring barley crop is big, as stated last week, but there is problems around Europe. There's problems in Canada. We talk about all those things. Current value roughly for spring barleys. Immediate movement is going to be 180, 185. That sounds cheap versus some of the promises are being taken at the moment. There's text going around, you know, speak to us before you sell your malting barley, conveniently forgetting how they shagged someone two or three years ago with nitrogen claims rejections and leaving the surplus on the farm never to be cleared up all of those things like that they'll never remember that but there's a difference between immediate and then some of the forward prices i think if you've got good quality malting barley post november 200x farm is likely but if you are taking it into store it costs haulage and if you have to pay storage it costs 10 pounds a ton or so so 180 odd is about where it's at a very hot market quite happy to admit that Winter barley is largely done and dusted. If there's any bits to clear up, we'll talk to you about it, but we've kind of done what we need to do with that. It's in, it's secure, and yeah, on to the next. So that just leaves pricing for feed wheat. As we speak, the futures have followed on from last night's rally. So X Farm November is £190 a tonne. 
Now that, you know, take it or leave it, that is an amazing price. The Ailsham and the Cantley and the guys who have storage contracts with us will be getting £200 per tonne for feed wheat for the tail end of next season. That's what we're bidding to our farmers because that's where the price is. Now, I'll say it very slowly for those who don't hear too well. £200 per tonne for feed wheat, okay? You've got to have good storage for that, maybe be a registered future store, but X Farm is very closely behind that. That is a fabulous price. What are you waiting for? I'm quite happy to say that the market potentially has the genuine opportunity to go up further, but harvest has not occurred yet in earnest, and there will be pressure. So I think the price will slip from here, but longer-term prospects may well go up. But please do not ignore this price for some of your tonnage. If you've ignored it historically and then you get to the same moment again and you repeat the same mistake, you know, it's one of those look in the mirror moments. All right, boys and girls and everybody else. So, yeah, with that, I hope this week that we're now talking about is going to have enough dry weather for us all to start cracking on. These weather fronts keep being just annoying enough to make the weather forecast that Carol Kirkwood gives us wrong. A shower of rain last night was not predicted and very irritating. So, hopefully this week that we're in right now is going to be let's break the back of this harvest and put some pressure on these lazy old store boys with that have a great week thank you for listening please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours the dewing grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news data analysis and insights into the market giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions a commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications informing you on what dewing grain are looking to buy and at what price search dewing grain on the app store or google play to download and with all of these features in your pocket you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. And now it's time for Farm Chat. This week we are recording immediately after the markets have closed, just following a very, very exciting USDA. It was one of those markets that the figures came out. We didn't even bother to look at them initially because the market just went boom. So with me, I have got Ben. Hello. I've got Webby. Hello. And Josh. Hello. Let's start this in the absolutely the right mood. One, that was exciting, wasn't it? It was mega. Can you take some of that comment back? I looked at the figures straight away. Oh, you said we didn't look at it. He did. He did. I did. Oh, no, he said one seventy-five on the corn, didn't you? I, no, I am a bit of a loser, but I do like going on to Twitter really quickly and seeing. I find that's the quickest place for info. That's very good. Very impressive, Ian. So I can't take you seriously because your face is so pink. <laughs> who was the first person, Josh, who scored a point between Webby and Ben? There, technically, that was a Ben. Yeah. One to Ben. Okay. <laughs> we had a little can of beer when the market went off at five yeah. o'clock, and every now and again, Webby gets a reaction if he drinks a beer. What is the reaction you've had, Webby? Yeah, it's really weird. It's like, as Josh referred to it, it's like a lash rash. So every now and again, the, uh, what, lash rash? Like drinking, you know, lash, you yeah, know. Yeah, you get lash and you just get lash like, rash. Yeah. yeah. And every now and again with certain malts, certain yeah, malts. I get a bit, get a well, bit it's, not, it's normally, because I get it. If I'm on like a two or three day one, it's then I get it. And um, it's normally like a darker ale. Isn't that an extension of the gout flare up, though? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's right. get back to this. Dragging it back to reality. Yeah. So, right, let's talk about the market that's just gone, you know, it went up on London from 189.50 to 196.50. Did it trade? Oh, goodness, no, where it went to. Best offer at one point was £200 a tonne. 
Yeah, Chicago Wheat went 30 up. Matif went ten 9 up. up. No, it went 10 up at one point. 10 up, yeah. It was, you know, proper exciting Pretty unprecedented, stuff. yeah. But the bit that, okay, I must admit I didn't look at the figures properly because the one figure oh, that I picked you out at the was... You didn't look at them properly? No, I looked at the one important figure, but it was the corn yields down from 179.5 down to 174 point something. Which is a bit of a dispute, isn't it? Because some people are saying that the big corn states are going to be actually yielding same as normal and pretty good with plenty of moisture. Yeah, I can't argue that. Yeah, some of them will have had that. We saw where the rains came. The North Dakotas missed, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. Yeah, all of half of Iowa missed it. Yeah. So they're going to have a rubbish crop. But it's possibly a bit more aggressive than people were talking about. But I'd also argue that 179 was a record trend line yield, isn't it? That's still a big mountain to climb. Yeah. Yes, so you're absolutely right. I, th- yes. I think it's justifiable. Admittedly, we're not driving around US corn crops. Did they adjust the Brazilian production? Because they were 12 million tonnes wrong on that. Before no, you've, you've caught me out because I haven't looked at that figure at all. I only know the one figure. <laughs> US corn yield Which forecast. was what? 174.5. Yeah, down from 179.5. I might be slightly wrong on a point. Right. <laughs> it's a huge drop. And yeah. I mean, the corn crop, so yes, wheat's gone up 30 cents, corn's gone up 30 cents. But if you hand the mic over to Ben and we waffle for a minute and you looked on your Twitter again, would you be able to find out whether they wrote down the... Do you want me to do that? I think, well, no, okay. you, we could pretend you're not, but you could suddenly, like, oh, no, I remember now, like that. Try that one. Fountain of knowledge. Yeah. No one's going to know. So hand it over to Ben and have a little look. How much they write the Brazilian production down by? Point is, the whole of the market is affected by this moment, isn't it? Yes. What do you tell farmers to do when a market goes up £6.50? <laughs> well, it's the farmer's decision. Right. Several farmers listen to this. So the market's just gone up £6.50 a tonne, and your merchant phones up and bids you a price that's five fifty six quid better than the bloke phone this morning. Does he give you all the information and say, it's gone up six fifty because the future's gone up six fifty because there's a terrible USDA? Or does he say, oh, yes, because the other team are rubbish, they're trying to rip you off, and we're just bidding a better price? What would you do? Would you book him? without thinking or would you do a bit of research i'd do a bit of research have a chat with my merchant get favorite merchant your favorite merchant and then as a favorite merchant which we obviously are all over the place what would we say to them should they sell it how much have they sold up until now if they haven't sold a lot i think locking in a bit at this level is good josh yeah i agree yeah i think that pre-harvest there was not a lot of harvest sales done anyway and if the worst wheat you sell is at 180 190 depending on where you are in the country it's not exactly too bad it's great it's great just to strike fear into the opposition should i start selling some of my pool tonnage yet Oh Well, we only won by £13 a tonne last year. I don't know whether it's enough, is it? I don't suppose anyone will know until another 12 or 13 months. Gloating the sale is really dangerous. Yeah, you're right, that yeah, is dangerous. Really However, dangerous. it is... Yeah, probably ought to sell a couple of lots just yeah. to start things off. Being the um, slight change of subject, before we get too uh, giddy, being the fountain of knowledge here, so the Brazilian corn crop has written down a million tonnes, which is not that significant, that's, that's 88 to 87. But this is the interesting, so this is countering your argument about the US corn yield. So this might be a bit tedious for some listeners, but I'll come out with it. So the big states, Ohio, they put the corn crop up by 13%. Illinois, 115 okay. Iowa, 8%. But they've smashed Minnesota down by 13.5%. South Dakota by 17%. North Dakota down by 23%. And that is what has brought it down. But the bigger producing states produce much more than the lesser producing states. Yeah, but it's all all aggregated out, isn't it? Surely. Surely. Okay. Stop calling me Shirley. (laughs) Also, just Twitter. Anyone could write anything on Twitter. So let's say if all the grain merchants want to wind you up, they could just come out with some fictitious figures on the next USDA report and you'll start reading them as gospel. Ian? 
I've never read a false comment on Twitter. <laughs> Fake news. Where do you get your Twitter feed that you believe then? Is it the USDA's own? Uh, this is just a lady. She's actually quite good. She's quite good on the data and the numbers coming out. Who is she? I follow loads of random people, Did analysts you and all sorts. Follow her because of the photo on the front of the Twitter page. She's quite attractive, yeah, yeah but exactly. it's not that relevant. Oh. We're better than that in this office, Andrew. <laughs> Absolutely. Brilliant. That is brilliant. Woke. Right, so we better talk about other news about wheat, haven't we? Because it's been a hell of a week. Yeah. I mean, French wheat, where should we start? Well, there's a 14.5 million tonne open position on the December Matif futures, which is going to take a bit of unwinding. And there's a queue of boats in France to load. Yeah. And they, as we know, have been not loading particularly quickly because they haven't got to the wheat. And we now also know that lots and lots of their hagbergs are shot to pieces. And the bushel weights are pretty low, so... So, Matif trades on 220 Hagberg. Mm. How are they going to make up a new contract for that one? Now, what year did they change the futures, Andrew? I can't remember. They invented a new B contract, which was like <laughs> only the French could do such a thing. Yeah, halfway through a trading season. But anyone who's bought 220 Hagberg Matif wheat might not be getting 220 Hagberg Matif wheat. And that has to have implications. Was that Hagberg year or Kilowatt year? Was it Hagberg? Both. Oh, was it both? I seem to remember being Kilowatt. No, yeah, they're linked, yeah. aren't they? Are they? Yeah. Because, okay. Yeah, come on. Everybody knows yeah, that. Yeah, true. No, true. Okay, I get that. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. So, right, point, yeah. point yeah. is, Matif has got a crop that is smaller because of the kiloweight being lower, and it is not the quality, not all the quality they want. The Germans have not got the quality they want. The Polish have not got the quality they want. Premiums in those countries are going up. There is a possibility if we cut 220 Hagberg wheat, UK wheat, if it cuts enough of a premium to France, may well be importing UK surplus wheat. That's great news if it takes away yeah, the surplus. Yeah. Because we're not competitive feed wheat wise, mm. but we could be competitive if someone actually Low wants to have something. Yeah. yeah, it's just we're getting stories out. I think we mentioned last week about the yields on wheats being good on light land and not that good on, you know, they're mm. okay stroke good on traditional lands. Yeah. I've just had some feedback from one of our big growers who said he's had his best yielding wheat last year was Firefly and this year it's performed really badly. And he's not cut wheat well, sub eight tonnes a hectare before. Was it nine times? Oh, but he has this year. Yeah, exactly. Ouch. Okay. But I think a lot of that's disease resistance in varieties. So anything that's, that's crossed with like cougar apparently really suffered with septoria and a few other diseases. And they said that firefly last year was one of the biggest sellers and this year's not going to be at all. But it won't be, okay, maybe counter that saying that's the worst yield he's ever cut. My sentiment is I don't think it would be a disaster. I think it would be average. Yeah, the biggest issue is the light land will have an extra, I don't know, 25, 30% tonnage. That's yeah, the bit where, yeah. we, you know, Aylsham will be full this year. The light land boys will come home with yeah, yeah, yeah. exceptional ease. Yeah, yeah. We've got one of our particularly light land farmers bringing in probably twice as much spring barley this year, and it actually is malting barley against what they bought last year. Okay, then the other story this week was your average Russian farmer, although you don't want to talk about this in case people come after you. Well, I was worried about people coming to Norwich to admire the spire. And, and, and leaving some plutonium Aylsham, yeah, exactly. And all of you lot might touch the door handle that you get in before me at work. So you might all be dead by the time I get here. But mm. the Russian farmer is basically holding on to his... 18,000 rubles he wants, and he can't have that because Mr Putin's put a tax on... Oops. Uh oh, here they come. No, but the point is, there's a tax on the farmer and there's a tax on the exports. Yeah. And I can't remember the figures that we were quoted, but it's even if they reduce some of those taxes, it's still $100 a tonne wrong, isn't it? Yeah. So if the Russian farmer, who is more aware of the world markets than probably he ever has been before because of the Twitter page with the attractive lady on the web he looks at, he's going to be going, I'm not going to sell it. Exactly. Yeah. Which puts Mr. Putin in a trouble. In a, in a lot of trouble. 
mm. because he's desperate to control domestic food price inflation. And if your own farmers aren't willing to sell it, what do you do? I think the farmer attention is going to be fascinating if you bring it closer to home. So for me, tomorrow morning, okay, we sent a text out. We were like, guys, market's on fire. Boom. You yeah, know. I was growing up that. Yeah. I think it was a good one. Great That's timing. Good. 10 minutes to uh, half five. So Yeah, Ben wanted to put like grease on the bottom. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you go back, so, so farmer tennis would be fascinating tomorrow morning because we would probably be able to bid maybe in places £200 a tonne to maybe store members like premium. If hold, absolutely. If it holds up, but, store member for May or June next year may well be £200. But the fascinating thing will be, talking about farmer attention, is who will sell it? Will farmer attention be strong in the UK? I don't know. You'd like to think that a good yield and 200 quid is like the holy grail. Well, we've got to batter a few people to do it. I'm sorry, we're not going to be far wrong at that, are we? What do you think, John? No, I just spoke to a farmer who sold some X store for 200. He's definitely the most positive farmer we trade with anyway. But I just said, if that's the worst wheat you sell, and I said it earlier, but if it's the worst wheat you sell at 200, that can't be too bad. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. So Russia, and I mean, I think Putin had some lady on television saying that bananas cost less from Honduras than carrots from her own country. He got a bit tongue-tied with it, allegedly. So he genuinely has got... A problem. A political problem, and food prices is very much part of it. Their crop is smaller, you know, it's clearly smaller, and he clearly doesn't want to export the surplus, does he? No. Although there's a lump coming out of Ukraine, and there's... Well, the Ukraine seems to be okay, don't they? And also, uh, anecdotally, I think Australia are saying they're going to have a huge crop, but it's not going to be enough. Well, Australian crops four months away? So you can yeah. have a huge crop on the, you know... So well, as we know. We can have a huge crop once, yeah. and then, oops, you know, it rained, or the sun shone, and, and everything gets ruined, so there's no guarantees. And looking at global weather. The biggest topic on the news this last week has been firstly the committee that came out with the report that said we're screwed, our models were actually slightly optimistic and we're wrong, yeah. followed by every single headline is California's on fire, Greece is Largest on fire. Largest wildfire since 1908. Italy's yeah. on fire, highest temperature ever recorded in Europe yesterday in Sicily. You know, what point do we get the high pressure over us at the wrong moment? How well will the air conditioning cope? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then, and so, in my office, so you'll have to all be shut out. And, you know. and then other news, China. Well, China's gone a bit quiet, actually. We haven't heard much out of China. Surely that's the spooky factor about this market, isn't it? What if the Chinese appear in this market in Octec, something like that? Boom. Because it's a they, scary they, thought. They we, had <clears throat> how many inches of rain in Henan province. Yeah. The wheat may well have been in the barn, and let's hope the barns weren't too near to the river where the floods were. What about the corn crop? There was a corn crop yeah. in the field that had 36 inches of rain mm. in 20 minutes, whatever it was. There must be mm. some damage. But even their strategy of trying to rebuild stocks and things like that, you know, are they going to appear? They turned the market on the head last year with a demand side story. And as Ben Wright says, they've gone very quiet. And that's kind of been, has that been factored in, arguably? But, but trading commodities is, you know, you have drone attacks on boats in the Suez Canal, right? That's an issue, right? So Australia wants to send loads and loads of stuff over to Europe. Oops. They can't get through the Suez Canal because someone's been bombed and the thing's sunk. That's just a scary scenario, but it's a possibility. You then have Argentina, last week I think it was, they were sailing vessels down the Piranha River, 25% less. They couldn't fill them up because the river level was so low. And they were talking about 40% potentially if they didn't get any rain. So there's a whole host of things Mm. that start to clog up this crazy world trading situation where we have where we shove stuff three million times around the world before we actually consume it. 
in the end, it's going to screw us up, isn't it? Mm. Relying on other countries. Now, this last week, I mean, let's get into I'm going on a, ray, on a roll now because I've actually opened my beer up already. Actually, this is a good moment. You can all join in. You can all get the beers opened. I've got, we've got, the whole team have got to thank, and let's face it, I know Norfolk boys are a bunch of thickos to the rest of the world, but there's one good thing about Norfolk people. They do stick together. And H. Bannerman Co. <coughs> is one of our competitors on farm all of the time, right? So Tom River, there he is, trying to buy things off. Go on, open the beer. We're competing with them head on. A couple of weeks ago, we said we're a bit short on beer. Do you know what? H. Bannerman Co., absolute top advert to you. Brilliant. We really appreciate a crate of beer sent for the entire team of Bannerms to Doing Grain. So cheers, H. Bannerman. Uh, so what and we're drinking you? I'm already halfway through mine because <laughs> I couldn't help myself. But that's a really nice beer. Norfolk Otter Ale. And I think, didn't somebody say it's Barsham Brewery? No, it's a Bannum branded beer. It's so a say on the small had Moon Gazer tops on. But let's face it, Marisotta and yeah, the Bannum company have very kind of sent us some fantastic yeah. proper pale ale beer. It is lovely. You're right here, actually. Let's read it out properly. So it's H.M. Bannum Limited, brewed by Moongazer, and it is, yeah, must be assuming using Marisotta. Well, I think so, yeah, lovely. Yeah, thank you very much, Tom. Uh, yeah, it's a nice beer. That is a nice beer. So what was I going to rant about? Ah, I was going to rant about... Yes, I know. I was going to rant about farmers being offered £522 per hectare to grow a few flowers for five years on the trot, top it a little bit with an old Fordson tractor and a topper, and basically go, thanks very much. If loads of people take that particular offer up, why would anyone on this planet be short of 2022 harvest crop? Agreed. Because it's a no-brainer. There are lots of farmers who can't be asked to do the job, and they haven't got the facilities, and they think, well, that gives me five years' worth of sitting on my hands and doing something else, doesn't it? I'll have a yurt. Oh, yeah, just like my mate, yeah. Well, go on, why does your mate has done... Whatever yeah, he's, he's done it, yeah. He put the whole... It's not a huge farm, but he had the whole farm down to wildflowers. He's got his shepherd's hut. He's got his Mongolian yurt, and he just rents them out, and he'll top his flowers. I know you just come across as very anti it, and we are, obviously we're a grain training business reliant on the production of cereals, but I do understand it, you know, there's a guaranteed gross margin there, isn't it? Guaranteed return. You can't always say that for certain crops. I mean, let's, let's take, Ben's going to argue this, but there are some crops that are pretty, you know, touch and go, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely, on certain soils, yeah. But, going back to Andrew's point, food security could be the thing that breaks nations. Look, look at North Africa. All those riots were all about food. Well, Egypt's about to have a price rise, aren't they? Let's face it, the world price of wheat's gone up. They're going to be yep. tendering, and the last tender was 20 or $30 cheaper than where they are now. So we are looking at the same scenario again. Yeah. And the reality of the world consumption is greater than production. This USDA has just chopped the crop, yeah. so the stocks are dropped even further. That's the whole point. And if you have countries like ours who are deciding to grow less and give farmers or give people money to grow because everyone wants to see flowers everywhere, which is superbly great. Yeah, no, I get the logic. And, you know, I've now finished reading Dirt to Soil by Gay Brown, which is all about regenerative farming. If people all go down that route, there won't be enough food. That's a fact. Yes, there will. The ground will be fertile. No, no, it won't. And more importantly, the samples of stuff. I saw a sample of stuff on a farm that's converting to regenerative farming of Laureate Spring Barley. And it great grower, good spec on it, but it had 2.5% admixture of stuff that you really couldn't put through the system. You know, it's going to take a special cleaning unit that you have to use at harvest time to get that out. Have you got time to dick around doing all sorts of that? Have you got enough dressers or capacity to deal with that before? 
before it sits there with those weed seeds and stuff in there making it go mouldy if you don't move it in a thrice and I think there's some tremendous naivety in the government or in you know let's make everybody happy and tick every box the reality of the things they have announced this week which is about spreading muck right people don't know whether to put the muck on the land or whether not to put the muck on the land and this is the one window when it's the best time to put it on the land and then put more organic matter effectively back in the soil which is what people have done for a millennia it's soil and poo and straw being spread over the land if you don't do it in this window and you don't have any spring cropping what do you do with the pile of muck it just sits there forever and then it gets twice as big next year because you've got another pile of muck you can't pretend muck doesn't exist so the government's left people not sure what they can and what they can't do and they said we're going to take on a whole load of inspectors to fine you if you've done something you shouldn't have done and the knock-on effect of that I'm ranting. Yeah. The knock-on effect of that is extremely worried farmers' mental health issues beyond a scale you've never seen. I have seen farmers in tears. They're worried as hell because they don't know what to do next. But then this comes back to a wider economic point, and that is markets hate uncertainty. No matter what you're in, if there are things that are uncertain, people start to do crazy things. Yeah. And if the government are going to put uncertainty into our food and feed market... You know, well, they're promising to look after people with no detail. Yeah. And then some freaking little, you know, graduate trainees written a programme about spreading muck and when they can and can't do it without thinking, hang on a minute. There might be a tall graduate trainee. Yeah, probably. But there's someone who's never had a commercial thought and not gone, hang on, what, should I speak to someone who actually spreads muck on a farm? Why do you do that, sir? Well, because we put organic matter back in the ground. And, you know, if you didn't spread it, what would happen to the muck? Well, it would sit there yeah. and just mature. And next year, put another heap <laughs> on top. Moving on. Right, so we've done wheat. You've had a rant. We better talk about barley, hadn't we? Let's talk no. about more. I want to talk about more ranting. Anyone want to rant? No, you're not worried about it. We have had farmers who are in a muddle, mentally in a muddle, because it's not just about the muck. It's not just about whether they should plant flowers and get 500 quid. It's about what do people want us to do? What exactly is our purpose? And that's my point. I'll stop talking about that now. and have a sip of my very lovely beer and hand that microphone to Josh. Right. Malting barley. Josh? Yeah, malting barley market is firm, actually. I heard reports today that there's been three or four merchants that are normally keen to buy off farmers, saying, don't sell your barley anywhere else without talking to us. I spoke to someone who's not involved. They do FOB. Uh, they do export for feed grains out of the UK. But then I started to talk about malting grains and said the market is on fire. The very interesting thing about this market is going to be, so I appreciate like headline price. That's what everyone kind of looks at. I want to blow our own trumpet here, but it's all about service and getting barley moved how short was your memory absolutely yeah how quickly i mean someone comes the other day i need my barley to be moved in seven days i was like you know there aren't many people again blow around trumpet that can we can any but there aren't many people who can move in seven days they can't move Um, all of it they might leave 15 tons won't they also ignoring the point that wagons are unbelievably scarce at the moment which we've covered but the dynamic of you know that oh make sure you speak to us before you tell your molly molly hang on can you remember a couple of years ago when we sold some to you and you screwed us over and you tipped out us feed and it wasn't and all of those tricks i was about to say exactly that you know yeah we need to move the barley oh hang on a minute it's not quite there on the spec that's feed boom yeah oh skinned sorry yeah. Oh, oh, no, I can't move it. Yeah, we bought it, but uh, it's not going to move. But you said you'd move it. Yeah, oh, stop complaining. You've got a contract with us. We'll default you if you don't move it. You're going to... Yeah. And grr, grr, it actually moves the end of September. Unfortunately, I think there will be a crunch. And there's going to be a lot of very grumpy people with that. I hope anyone who it's... sells to somebody else and gets screwed like that, I can go, oh, never mind. I get the dangling carrot. I do see that. But there is a bit more to it. 
than, than well, that sometimes. Well, if someone know. bids you, I don't know, if someone says, right, I'll give you £200 a ton for your spring barley, which is not what the market yeah, is, but if they did, would you just go, right then? Or would you go, okay, when does it move? It move yeah. What's yeah. the spec? Where's yeah. it going to go to? Oh, it's going to Burton-on-Trent, is it? What if it's 15.1 moisture? Oh, it gets rejected. I didn't realise that. You know, the, make sure you ask those questions yeah. before you commit yourself, because it's I think the, the really interesting one, and we saw this last year, and it was talked up a lot about skinning on the springs, because it was we had a wet period and that was a real danger but there was certainly no we saw no issues with it and I, don't, I didn't see it as a problem but it's already been talked up this year skinning and yes you can see like signs of it but I don't no, see it it's as not, being it's not a problem. I don't see it as relevant it's not a big moment. problem yeah. it is an opportunity to go yeah. oh skinning I'll yeah. take two quid for that I've said this before we've never rejected a load of skinning we've never had a load of rejected for skinning we have very good quality bulks and the bulk of our barley without any doubt has not got a skinning yeah. problem I've got to admit the springs don't look as pretty as the winters despite the fact the retentions were less on the winters on the whole they looked all right in your hand the springs yeah I know, not I, the same, I've seen some nice springs as yeah. well as the ugly ones it, it's early days yet the one clear thing is it's a big yield yeah definitely I was in the local paper I'm sure the whole of the country mm-hmm. reads the Eastern Daily Press online if ever there was a fabulous advert for doing grain it was a lovely picture of gorgeous me and then it's a few years ago I, that picture though no I, <laughs> well, I hope I bloody wrinkly and fat oh man several people told me about the, my various flaws which you know cut off at the waist <laughs> but the other person who's quote was Matthew Adams another advert for our local friend yeah, from yeah, yeah. But yeah, Matthew and I phoned him up and said, uh, you do realise the EDP said they had to use my picture because if they had his picture, they wouldn't sell any papers. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very funny. <laughs> anyway, but we talked about the spring barley as being crop of the year, and it is. Yeah, it's, it is, it's going to yield, it's low nitrogen, it's bold. We're only a couple of days into it, but you can already see that is definitely mm. the crop of the year. It could become a bit tight for storage, I guess. Yeah, definitely. But that becomes part of the point of what I came back to. Like, who can deal with it? Who can offer the service? Who really wants spring barley still on farm in September, which is a distinct possibility. Who's going to be open tomorrow and Saturday between 7am and 7pm and have someone at the office talking about it? Exactly. That is the difference, because Saturday's going to be a dry day through to when it rains in the evening, and there'll be a a lot cut in that period. So, yeah, I think that is probably one or two of you maybe should have invested in some facilities in the past. Yeah, true. Okay. Now and then he keeps changing the subject, Ben. Now you know oh. he's really he's like, he's like the what's that? He's like he's it's got a podcast, audit. not a <coughs> lecture. It's not a lecture. We're having a chat, aren't we? Go on. Then. What are you talking about now, Ben? Well, hadn't we better talk about oilseed rape? No. Oh. Go on then. No. Yeah, the guru's got his hand okay. out and over. Should I be really boring and sound like a broken record? But we've yeah moved all. It's all in store. Done. <laughs> Yeah. It is done. Like, we're stores are full ish. Okay, there's the odd bit in field, but you know. All wheel content was, in your opinion, from what you've seen, really disappointing. It's a bit gutting because you could have, at these numbers, you could have been 50 quid worth of bonus, but sadly, I mean, we were doing well to break, sort of like 20 odd quid, I think. Sadly, they're yeah, 41 and a half ish. And that's what, sunshine wasn't in there in the right place? I don't know. Or? I don't know what to put it down to. Was it the repetitive frost, 20 repetitive frost we had? Was it sunlight? Was it there was a period where it's dry? Don't oil know. must be something to do with maturity, mustn't it? Between Sun, flowering and... I always thought oils were sunlight. But must be. Yeah. But it had a long... It actually had a very long flowering period. Maybe too long a flowering <laughs> period. Don't know. But they're disappointing. Yields, again, a bit of a kicker there. I'd say on the whole, three and a quarter tonnes. But yeah, looks deceived because it very much looked like it was a four-tonne crop at one point. So we've got a lot of people with their... Not their noses put out, but... Yeah, yeah it's still going to perform well. Okay, oh, we'll is right. Yeah. We are a part of the country that will continue to grow yeah. it bluntly, aren't we? yeah. We just had a bit of a spell and we booked up several of the harvest sellers, not the long holders. Harvest sellers are 450 quid because it's like, wow, 
That is right. amazing. You're yeah, right. Is, yeah. Let's talk about Milling Week now then. To beat Ben to it there. So Ben is the Milling Week king. What's happening with that one, Ben? Well, that's going to be very, because very, we're coming back to the French, the German thing. So I've got to be careful what I say here because one of our favourite millers listens to this podcast. But let's be blunt, last year the millers brought in lots of German Milling Week. We've, we've only got one favourite miller. Yeah, we have only got one favourite yeah, miller here. Just, he's best yeah. miller in the country. David. <laughs> Built a mill for us. But sadly, they all brought in lots and lots of German milling wheat last year. And those Germans won't be supplying them this year because they haven't got any Hagberg. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, freight costs are still through the roof for boats. Guten Morgen, Fritz. Haben Sie eine milling wheat cargo for mich? Ich? Nein. Wie oh, any. <laughs> Anyway, we would sell to the French and the Polish and everyone else but you. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not for you. We've had our first milling wheat delivered oh, store. Right, can I just scan it? Was it? Did you feel slightly offended there, Ben, with your German heritage? <laughs> one one. That is one all. That yeah. is one all. Thank you, Ian. I knew that was coming. Handy hock. Anyway, no milling wheat coming in. Thirteen point five protein. Yeah. 379 bushels. Yeah. So 280, 300 Hagberg looking yeah. good, wasn't it? Yeah. So hopefully we'll capture our bit for the Norfolk flower contract that we have with David, which is a prestigious contract for Norfolk people only. At a much bigger premium than any of you Essex or Suffolk lot get because we're so special. So I'm sorry about that, but David looks after us. <laughs> and David, I'm sorry if that upsets your customer base. We're getting early ones and hopefully we will get a bin full and that will be secure and done. Yeah, but I also think, you know, yeah, the premiums on a good soft wheat and a group one milling and maybe even the low spec two or the group two milling wheat could well see a decent premium if this German-French thing continues. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be good to compete with the futures market in Norfolk because of the haulage distance. But yeah, you're right. It would be great if there was cargoes of high Hagberg wheat I mean not being funny sod the miller if there's a high Hagberg premiums going out of East Anglian ports you know six quid to lowest off versus 11 quid to a mill is five pounds worth of premium and claims low by low hopefully that will help us clear the surplus a great dynamic the bit I've got to admit surprised me it's the one sample that we've seen we've seen a couple but the proteins were really good and I've got to admit it really surprised me we've seen spring barley's coming in at like 1.2 1.3 nitrogen yeah, so then see a 13.5% protein. If a farmer grows milling wheat, they He are knows what he's doing. Right? Except he's yeah. putting beer. Is that a, a running theme or have you had any problems with proteins? I haven't heard any issues with proteins as yet, but I think that sunshine on the wheat came at the right time. You know, we had that blazing hot weather. We've got some feed wheat coming in. I looked at the proteins of the bog standard feed wheats today, and they're running kind of like 10, 10.5 to 11, which is above the normal for this corner because yeah. we're a low nitrogen, low protein area. So you're right, there was something that's made the proteins. And the very first wheat we had come in, that gleam, was yeah. 12.2, which was like, wow, he didn't grow it as milling wheat, he didn't put any no. folia feed on it so you know it has performed so hopefully all of our milling wheat will come in with that sort of protein level yeah i mean it's been a hell of a week really yeah. well the stores are at full tilt again now which is great and uh, i know that some parts of the country are getting a bit of rain up north and so on but you know east anglia is now well it's not been the greatest of days because it's been overcast with the only occasional sunshine but today Yesterday, tomorrow, we're going to see a lot knocked down. Can I just say, the angle I'm sitting, you can't see this, Andrew, because I'm looking out the window. But yes, do you I am literally spend a lot of your day doing that, don't yeah, you? I know. Day. Normally, you're licking the window, Ian. <laughs> oh, That's 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Two, one. On a serious note, though. But I'm looking out, and so uh, <laughs> I am looking out over A and B pit at the moment. Yeah. And it is a constant stream of guys coming in. So we are, what are we, are we past 6 o'clock now? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. 
six o'clock. But it hasn't been like this for a couple of days, obviously, weather-wise, but they're steaming into it now, yeah. which is cool to see. It's and great. It's lovely. Just before we came in here, I did check on Guy, who's got the Lightland Farm. He's dancing around happy as anything. Proper good year for Lightland Farms, which is good news, isn't it? It's got to be good for us over here. I think with that, I think we can wrap up. Guys. That USDA was one to savour. The market is at contract highs, everybody. Is contract highs a time to sell it? Or is it a time to buy it? This is a really controversial statement, but... And well, there's the... the, I get teased about this contract highs of a buying. The market's as high as it is for a reason, and the probability of it being the top is very low. You know, so tomorrow may be higher and the next day and the next day. However, we're talking about dancing around £200 a tonne, and I think that will be enough of a barrier to get a few people off Mm. the seat to trade some. So I think it could be busy tomorrow and the early part of next week, depending on what happens next. I certainly can't see the market cacking out, can you? Cool. No. Not this week, not next week. Well, uh, the bigger question, what will cause the market to cack out? What will it be? Do China start cancelling cargoes? That's not going to happen. Not because they're cheaper than where the market is now. Exactly. Is there going to be a massive increase in some kind of crop yield somewhere? The only place we discussed earlier that's saying they could have a good crop is Australia. Well, happy days, it's normally milling wheat. It doesn't come anywhere else, does no. it? I think, I mean, farmer selling pressure, there is a lump of our customers who've done anything. There's equally a lump of consumers who haven't bought for the autumn. They've not got mm. themselves covered. They're pretending they have in the usual, I'm covered. Yeah, okay. I won't need any more till Christmas. Yeah, okay. They do, and farmers need to sell it. So somewhere there's a happy medium. I think £200 a tonne is a place where farmers should certainly start doing something. Would you sell barley or would you sell wheat? Oof. I'd sell wheat. I would. I think barley's got more life in it at the moment until proven otherwise. Yeah, 100%. I'm not sure about malting, but definitely feed barley. Well, feed barley's uh, tucked I away think, and see I think another day. Malting barley, if you own storage space, fine, you've got the choice. If you don't own storage space, you're getting the harvest price, and that's it. Yeah. And that is going to be a discount because there is no alternative but to move it. So let's, you know, let's be clear about that. You know, If you don't spend the money on owning storage, you can't gain the benefit of sitting it in store. That's the end of that. So, with that, have you enjoyed your beers, boys? Josh, what do you think of the H. Bannon Otter beer? Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's a nice beer. I did have a Walmart beer. I had a ghost ship, but Ben managed to spoil it by leaving it in the fridge for too long. I've got to say, <laughs> I, I actually prefer it. I like ghost ship, and I prefer it over the ghost ship. Yeah, great, great. You prefer yeah. this to ghost ship? Yes. Okay. Well, Josh keeps running off to answer the phone. So with that, I think we're good to wrap up, aren't we? So, gents, thank you for staying so late in thank the evening you. and drinking beer thank with you, me. Thank you, Ian. Really nice to spend my evening with you again. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.